In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth week of this um, holy season of Paschal time. But before we speak about um, the gospel and the message of today's gospel, uh, I want to speak with you a little bit about Memorial Day. Um, and how can we, as uh, many of us are coming from Egyptian backgrounds or from immigrant backgrounds, and so how can we try to understand this idea of Memorial Day in the church? Well, every Coptic New Year, called Nairuz, comes and you'll notice in the church that we seem to use it as a day to commemorate all the martyrs who gave their life for Christ. Churches, especially in Egypt, and maybe some to here, but I haven't seen it, although this is the only church I go to when I church. But um, remembering as I was growing up as a child, uh, we, they would sing hymns about the Coptic church and specifically remembering some of her key, her, her key martyrs, St. George, St. Damiana, and so on and so forth. Um, if there are relics of the martyrs, often they are brought out uh, during Nairuz in that season to anoint with spices. So we remember the sacrifices of the martyrs on that day. Memorial Day comes around and is in a very is very much the same, um, and and we have to think about it in this way. It's not simply a Monday off, or uh, an opportunity for a barbecue or for rest and relaxation, but the purpose of Memorial Day. And I hope I'm not um, um, saying. Well, I I hope I am saying things that you already know, but. You know, you don't really go up to someone and say happy Memorial Day because it's not really a day of happiness. It's a day to remember uh, the veterans, the soldiers um, who have fought for the United States and given their lives for this country. They fought, and this started from the Civil War, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, uh, the wars of Iraq and Afghanistan, which are still continuing, not to mention other places where we've had military. Whether you agree with it or not, you have to recognize that some have fought, um, some have fought and sacrificed their lives for this country and for our ability to live in this country and for our ability to pray in this country, for our ability to be able to drive and not have to worry about roadside bombs for our ability that to, to, to be in this country and there's no division we don't have to worry about one sectarian group or one group fighting against another group this this country has given all of us so much it's given us whether you like to pay for it or not it's given us the best health care in the world I might have to fight with some Canadians afterwards but it's given, with, it's given us um, this best, the best technology, the best religious freedom. It's opened its doors, not very wide at times, but it's opened its doors to everyone in the world who is suffering in their own countries to come and find a place of peace, a place of rest. And we come and we have different opinions. We have different opinions in this country. But this is what the country is about, this freedom that gives us the ability to express our opinions, to be able to practice our beliefs. 
We are upset, and you can see the countries upset, when there is discrimination and there is abuse of any kind, when there is evil, um, or even when this country, our own country, commits error. Yes, because the country, we believe this country is meant to be perfect, and when there are mistakes and where there are actions that are taken by this country which upset us, we react and say that's not what the United States is all about. But in order for us to recognize where we are, we have to understand that there were hundreds of thousands of sons and husbands and now daughters who have gone to war and fought. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything about the wars and the reasons we get. Yes, people think we have our hands in too many things. Um, and that's another conversation. But someone died. You have to understand someone died for us to be where we are right now. And, and you can imagine that when the veterans came home from some of these wars and saw protesters and people spitting on them and, and not really recognizing the sacrifice that they gave to this country, you can recognize how, um, how upset and angry they might, have, they might have been. And we always have to remember what others have done for us so that we have, um, so that we are not kind of taking things for granted, expecting things to be um, as they are, not recognizing the sacrifice that went into this. So this Memorial Day, let's remember and let's pray for those who have died, those who are missing in action, those who uh, have never been found, those who are prisoners of war, and maybe even to this point, to this day. We, we always have to pray for our country that God bless it. We have to accept and we ask that God accept our prayers on behalf of of those fallen uh, veterans doesn't you know in the future God willing you know as this as our, the Coptic Orthodox Church becomes um, more entrenched we will have more military we do have military now we do have you know I think the the marks of a of a of a people that have come and have uh, become entrenched in the culture is that we become police officers we become military we become uh, judges, we become uh, elected <laughs> officials. Uh, we look to this country and not, not always think about our, the old country and how things were back then and it was better over there. And, and we just come and we just take the benefits of this country, not accepting the history and the, and the blood and the tears and the sweat and all that was shed for the sake of this country. It's a day for us to remember, God willing, God willing, um, we'll speak more about this topic um, going forward. Today's gospel, if you follow the pattern and if you know the, these holy 50 days, today's gospel is speaking about how Christ says, I am the light of the world. What I love about this image of light, um, and we've heard it in so many different ways and so many different shapes, is that all the darkness of the world cannot cannot extinguish the light of one candle. All the darkness of the world cannot extinguish the light of one candle. And if you study the Gospel of St. John, St. John in his Gospel uses three words interchangeably. He uses three words almost as synonyms. Light and love and life. Light and love and life. And he also uses three other words interchangeably. He uses darkness and hatred and death. And there's a wonderful article by 
Abuna Met al Maskin or Father Matthew the Poor on these three images being synonymous. And I'm going to kind of take from that article and share with you. When Christ says, for example, I am the light of the world, and uh, he also says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should have everlasting life. And if you uh, read carefully the opening of uh, John chapter 1, Um, when he says the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, he was in the beginning with God. He says in him, in Christ, was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And we can take this and start to look at many verses of the Bible. What, what, What must we do to inherit eternal life? Or how should we follow in the path of light? Or how can we learn to love as God loved us? We read our our scripture very closely. We see words and beautiful passages like the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. If you go through those and you understand them, you see Christ is shining light. He's showing us the way. Imagine we are in spiritual darkness and he's shining the light telling you which way to go. Which way do we go? Blessed are the poor in spirit. We don't want to look to become the rich of this world. We want to become the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As he shines this light, he also shows us the way of eternal life. St. John wrote plainly what Christ said, This is eternal life, that you may know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent, knowing God through Christ is now our enlightenment. And, and if we just take something simple as light and love, light and love, that they are connected. And all of this I'm going to wrap together, but light and love are connected. St. John, in, in his first epistle, chapter 2, he says, he says, I am writing you a new commandment which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. And he says, and he says, he says this, listen, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is actually in darkness. He who loves his brother abides in light and in it there is no cause for stumbling. He who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, I cannot accept Christ as the light of the world unless I also follow in the example of love which he has given. And I will never be able to obtain this eternal life which he has given to us unless I accept Christ as the light and follow in the path of love. He says in John chapter 8, He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And here we can also understand Christ in different ways that he, 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 he places himself as the door. He says, I am the door. I am the way. I am the good shepherd. And he is as our teacher guiding us. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this icon up here. 
And Coptic, it's saying the, the good, the good teacher. I believe. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. But but this is an icon of Christ, the teacher. There are Christ, the good shepherd, Christ, the high priest, and so on and so forth. This icon is uh, Christ, the good, the, the teacher, and so he's teaching us this way. And he says, if anyone, St. John also collecting these verses, and um, it's a little bit before the passage we read today, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So Christ placed service as this best guarantee to understand what it means to follow him. Because when we're talking about light, we're talking about following Christ, right? He's not just saying, I'm a light bulb, right? He's not trying to, it's not about what he is. It's about that relationship of us with the light. If he is the light of the world and we want to follow in that light, we must follow him. So to follow him, we are following the light. And how do we follow him? We have to follow him through a life of service. Christ put this position, this, this idea of service as the best position. And even... He rebukes Peter. He rebukes Peter, um, and, and when he and he rebukes Peter, he tells him, "Look at the end of his at the end of um, chapter twenty, or in the middle of chapter twenty-one, at the end of the Gospel of John, when Christ appears to them and he takes Peter and he says, "Do you love me?" He says, "Follow me. If you love me, feed my sheep and follow me." And he does that three times. But then he says, "What about this guy who's following us?" And and Jesus says, "Don't worry about him. You." You follow me. You follow me. And this is important for us, is that we are trying to follow in this path of light. As Christ says, I am the light of the world. We are following in that path. And in that, are, we're guaranteed victory. We're guaranteed to overcome anything because light always overcomes darkness. There's no way for light to exist and darkness to exist right next to it. And so he's recon he, we, we recognize in this when Christ says, I am the light of the world. He's also saying, I am the ultimate victory over all the darkness that could possibly happen in this world. Yes, there are setbacks and there are failures. I'm going to read from Abu Namath. He says, no matter how numerous or, or overwhelming setbacks and failures are, they are not going to be counted in any record of change in this world. For this world is still changing and advancing. Behind it, there is a driving force which ensures its progress. He who said, I am the light of the world, spoke, and he knew that the power of light is able to overcome darkness. No matter how much territory death has, uh, may have won in this time and in this space, the final victory is given to the resurrection, and it is assured to us by this image of Christ being the light of the world. So therefore, we have these three synonyms of light and love and life to examine ourselves and to evaluate ourselves. But we also have to keep in mind that hatred, darkness, and death also are a trio in and of themselves. And if you stumble in one of them, you are stumbling in all of them. It's not like love, light, and life. If I get one right, then all three of them will follow. No. It's the opposite. I have to struggle in my ability to love. I have to struggle in following the light. I have to struggle to obtain eternal life. 
And in that struggle cannot exist darkness, cannot exist hatred, and therefore cannot exist death. Let us struggle to follow Christ who is the light of the world, who calls us to become children of the light and children of the day. And if you will, during this next week, focus on, the, on your prayers, focus on the first hour, focus on all those images of light and life that the church puts before us in the Agbeya in the first hour. And, and may we always be children of the light, children of the day. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever and to each of all ages. Amen. Amen.